Welcome, witches, to Witchcraft from A to Z, your go-to witchy podcast for finding the magic hidden among mundane. My name is Lane Evergreen, a practicing witch over 15 years now, and I'll be your host this week. This episode is all about nails, both nails made of keratin and those made of metal, and how you can incorporate these easily attainable materials for your magical practice. Let's start with our keratin-based nails, which come free of cost and are often disposed of anyways, so why not use them for magical purposes? Now, if you're not new to witchcraft, I'm sure you've heard of a tag lock. And if you are new, but you are a longtime listener of my podcast, then you have probably heard me talk about tag locks in many of my previous episodes. Because honestly, if you want an easy way to improve the success of your spells focused on a living thing, then tag locks are your best friends. But if you are completely new to all things magic, a tag lock is, in short an item that has a connection to the subject of your magic. This item can be biological, like hair, nails, spit, and so on, or it can be an item of importance to that subject, such as a prized necklace or an heirloom, or it can be an image of the subject. But this item helps your spell lock onto the subject of your magic and ensures that it targets the correct subject. I'm a huge fan of tag locks and have had success with almost all of my spells that have used a strong tag lock such as hair, nails, or bodily fluids. Hence why I want to cover how nails could be a really great item to use in your practice. I really like to keep nail clippings and hair clippings for myself in a container to use when I perform spells where the result is supposed to affect myself. Things like nail clippings have been believed to be something to be careful of because of the power that they give someone else over you. So many practitioners throughout the years have been known to hide, bury, burn, or dispose of nail clippings in a way that prevents anyone else from getting their hands on them. Using nails can be done just by including them in a mix of the items that you're using in your spells. For example, when I do spells to assist in getting a specific job I want, I will mix my nail clippings in with the herbs that I use to dress and place my candle on. One can also use different types of nails to focus on specific purposes. A common example is that of using toenail clippings to guide or alter yourself or another person's path, since the feet typically represent one's path. One can also think of fingernails representing protection or survival for obvious reasons. Nails can be added to herb mixtures, like I mentioned above, Spell bags, spell powders, witch balls, poppets, and they can be buried or scattered for specific purposes of your choosing. Other than adding clippings to my spells to improve the chances of those spells working on that particular target, usually myself, I like adding nail clippings to witch balls, which can be used as protective decorations. So they're kind of pretty, but you put them around your home to protect yourself from other witches or harmful entities. And witch balls lead a wonderful segue into our next type of nails, that being of iron or other metals. I'm very excited to announce that I've received the very first voice message of this podcast from an amazing listener and new witch, Jennifer. So let's check our digital mail and hear what she has to say. Good morning, Elaine. My name is Jennifer, and I am new to witchcraft, and I identify as being a green witch. I'm very in tune with the world around me, concerned about the world. That aside, 
I was wondering, what books would you really recommend that really don't go into the Wiccan religion, but more of the witchcraft aspect? I am more in tune to, I think, to the Celtic beliefs. I was raised Christian, but any books that you would recommend for a beginning witch that you found helpful in your 15-year journey, I would greatly appreciate it. You have a great day, and may all your days be blessed. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Well, Jennifer, first, welcome to the world of witchcraft, and thank you so much for reaching out. So let's start with the first part of your request, which was for some green witch or new witch book suggestions that don't focus on Wicca. And I understand how hard it is to find material that is not specifically Wiccan. That's always been a struggle of mine. And while I don't have too many book suggestions, my biggest suggestion is to find books that focus on either the study of edible or medicinal herbs in your local area or of common ones that you can purchase, you know, things that cover basil, rosemary, sage, black pepper, salt, like all of your basic kitchen spices. One of my favorite things to do when I travel is to check out the local small business book stores as well. Um, they sell books that are written locally, and I look out for books on both the witchcraft kind of subject and then books that are written about the local flora. I also find some of the coolest books on witchcraft in these tiny shops. So you, you really won't find these kind of books in Barnes and Noble or some other big name bookstore. If you don't have these kind of local bookstores, you can also check out online stores like bookshop.org. That is like a collection of different online bookstores. Or you can go to thriftbooks.com. Sometimes their stock's a little low, but you can also get with, like books on witchcraft that are significantly cheaper. Some materials I used when I first started, um, because it was so long ago and the witchcraft market wasn't as saturated as it is now. Like now you can find so many different books on witchcraft. But when I first started, there were mostly works by Scott Cunningham, since he tended to dominate that genre at the time. And then there were books by Deborah Blake, um, specifically her almanacs. And of course, uh, Judica Isles. It's been a long time since I've read any books from those authors, so I can't guarantee that they're free of Wiccan influence, especially since a lot of books when I first started were specifically focused on Wicca. But I do know that, like Judica Isles, her encyclopedias on herbs can be a great tool to understanding the basics um, when it comes to magical associations of herbs. Finding a book that will have everything you need to begin and not be Wiccan-based will be, unfortunately, a little impossible. And this is only because there are just so many different facets to cover, and everybody's got their own influence on their own practice if they are not Wiccan-focused. My suggestion, if you are in the beginning stages of your, your practice, is to chase your dopamine. So focus on one or two specific parts of the craft and become an expert on those things, like fall into a rabbit hole. You want to study witchy holidays? Grab a book like The Year of the Witch by Temperance Alden. If you're thinking about starting with tarot, which is fantastic, I love tarot, um, pick up the book Holistic Tarot by Benabel Wen. Um, it's honestly one of the most exhaustive books on tarot. It is a huge book, but it's got so much in there. I know that when I first 
started books that had tiny bits of pretty much every bit of witchcraft all into one book were more daunting and stressful um, than enlightening. Over the years, I've just kind of focused on whatever has sparked my interest, and I let myself take a deep dive into those particular subjects. Doing so, you'll also find a wider variety of materials to learn from, because then you can really narrow down your search, and you will end up feeling more prepared to practice the things that you've learned, because you have more than just a very, very basic um, knowledge on those subjects. As far as your Celtic interests go, start by looking at Celtic history, then look at their legends, then their folklore, and then the magic. I find having some background information brings a sharper understanding of the magical practices of particular peoples. And while I know you wanted specific book sources, I hope these suggestions help you while you're still working on the foundations of your practice. My biggest tips are to let yourself kind of go down the rabbit holes to develop those things that you're interested in, explore and learn local folklore and practices. You'll find a lot more practices that are specific to your area and your local flora than you will in your big bookstores. Follow your gut and don't let all the information overwhelm you. Jennifer, I want to thank you again so much for reaching out and supporting this podcast. I want to wish you all the luck in your new journey as it's a very exciting and it's a liberating one and many blessings to you and your loved ones. Now let's continue on with our episode. In a witch ball, one will often also find iron nails or other sharp or harmful materials. This helps protect your being or space from those that would otherwise cause you harm. Metal nails are most often used in spells of protection or of hexing and causing harm to others. It's one of those items that have a twofold purpose, protection and harm. You'll often find nails used in spells like a witch ball, spells utilizing poppets to harm others, spells used to protect a property, spells used to curse or hex another, or spells used to repel and protect from the fae. When it comes to nails, I have talked about iron nails in my episodes about iron, but you can use all kinds of nails for spell work. A common one is the use of railroad track nails or spikes, which are great for nailing down your property, which helps prevent you from losing your home through wrongful eviction or foreclosure. Square-shaped nails are great to stake into the four corners of your property in order to protect it from unwanted visitors, the fae, or those that would send harm your way. And your standard nails are often the ones used in hexes and wish balls since they are sharp, small, and abundant. You can get creative with either form of nails in your witchcraft. Though there are a few common magical applications for both, that does not stop you from using nails in whatever way jives with you. Use your senses and cast at your own pleasure. One really neat way to use metal nails is using a mirror spell to reflect negative intention back to those who sent it your way. The blog Moody Moons has a wonderful mirror spell, and all you need is rusty nails, a metal can like a coffee can, a picture of the person you want to protect yourself from, and some protective herbs. I suggest basil, sage, and rosemary. Once you have your tools gathered, place everything in the metal can and bury it at your nearest crossroads. But that's it. 
I hope you learned a few things that you can add into your magical practice using nails as your mystical tool. If you'd like to support this podcast in creating more content, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Evergreen and gain access to additional content or make a one-time donation to my Ko-Fi page at ko-fi.com slash Evergreen. I'd love to hear from you all, so if you ever have any questions about certain attributes of an item, you want some witchy advice, or you just want to share something about your magical practice, please submit a message to me on my Anchor page at anchor.fm slash witchcraftatz. I've shared the link in the description of this podcast, as well as any resources I may have used during the research for this episode. Don't forget to write and subscribe where you listen to podcasts, and share with anyone you know who needs just a little more magic in their life. Until next time, witches!